Rumkey is hiring CDL drivers age 19 and up, and drivers are paid based on experience. Rumkey CDL drivers earn $1,000 to $1,300 per week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in their first year. Rumkey drivers are home daily, work in a recession-resistant industry, receive great benefits and performance incentives. Start a lucrative career and apply now at rumkeycareers.com. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of the GC Sunscast, a Gold Coast Sun show by fans for fans. I'm your host Shane and this show wouldn't be possible without the help of our Patreon sponsors Dale Snelling, Jack Stad, Paul Vosti, Robbie Fiorini, Brody Burgess, Kate Kelland, Chris Moore, Tom Kim and Tim. If you'd like to join our Patreon sponsors, head on over to patreon.com forward slash GC Sunscast and help support the show. If you can't afford to toss a few bucks our way, don't worry. Head on over to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, wherever you like to get your podcasts from. Like, subscribe, and review. Now, we've got a special guest today, a guest which has um, doesn't have the, the media status that a lot of our previous guests has, but he would be considered a Gold Coast Sun super fan. Welcome to the show, Linton Martin. How are you, Linton? Thank you. I'm good, thank, thanks, and I can't wait to be part of this episode. You know, 10 years up to the sun this year, and it's been a big 10 years, and we're celebrating in style this year. Even though we're not in the top eight, we're still doing really well. Yeah, we, we are. I'm really quite impressed with how we've been going. It's It's a difficult balance going from being very happy and also very disappointed with our losses and our wins, but... Um, just understanding where we are at in this cycle for the Suns. Um, it, it's all about percentage. It's about showing that we've improved from last year. Last year, we had a really horrible percentage. This year, you know, I think we're 98% now after this latest game against Richmond. And it's a huge improvement for the club. What are your thoughts on that? Well, when you're looking and judging success for Gold Coast this year, you need to have a bit of perspective. You know, we've been down the bottom the last couple of years, so at least we're in the games right until the end. We might be losing the games, but we're not getting hammered by 10 goals like we have in the last couple of years. So there's been lots of improvement and credit to Stuart Jew and the coaching staff because we have seen it. We've known about it coming, but the whole um, AFL community has been able to see this growth in the team this year. Yeah, they have, and you know, you've been one of the more vocal supporters on social media about uh, getting free-to-wear slots down in Victoria because that's where you're situated must, yourself. Um, do you have you been able to show to fellow Victorians down there just how good the Suns are, being with a few more free-to-wear slots than in previous years? Well. They've known about our young players since the draft in 2018 when we got Lukosius King and a few others as well, Rankin, and they were just so thrilled with how they went in that Adelaide game when it wasn't free to air. And it's just great that we're able to be on a national audience now, even though it's only a couple of games, but the Melbourne uh, footy public get to just see what of an exciting future we have in the, future, in, um, the years to come. 
Yeah, and what, our first Friday night game this week, I do believe, and it should be on free-to-air. Is that right down there, Linton? Yeah, it's our third game on free-to-air, I believe. Third, yeah, third game on free-to-air this year and our first ever Friday night game, so it's going to be big. It is going to be a big game. I hope the Suns can get up to it. A four-day break is going to be quite the challenge. but That is going to be a challenge. Based on the Suns this year, I think we do better of shorter breaks than of longer breaks because that game against the Giants a few weeks ago, we had a 10-day break or 11-day break from memory, and they didn't even show up to that game. But um, the, the shorter breaks, I think, seems to, to work a bit better for them. But we'll discuss that later when we get down to talking about the Richmond game. I referred to you earlier in the show as a Gold Coast Suns super fan. Now, I don't throw that term around lightly. What's got me really intrigued about what you do, Linton, is you've planning on putting together a Wikipedia-type project to database all Suns stats and achievements. Tell us about that. Well, I've been part of an old history project at school, looking at the college's history and learning how important history is and keeping records of things and images and videos and all of that. And I've always loved football history and love history about things that I'm passionate about, like the Gold Coast. And I was looking around and I love stats, I love achievements and you know, who's won the Brella Medal, who's won Rising Star content, uh, nominations, Goal of the Year and things like that. And even the design aspects, so that, like little logos we used to have, our Noggle Year logo and things like that. And I thought it would just be great to get everything all in one big database and for pa- passionate Suns fans to be able to look back on our history. We're 10 years this year, so it's a big milestone. And in 20 years' time, 30, 40 years' time, Gold Coast Suns fans will be able to have a place where they can have a look at our history and things that have made us the Gold Coast Suns. Well, that's a very challenging project. So hopefully, I imagine it's going to take you a while to to get all that stuff together. How are you finding all these stats and these achievements? It is interesting. Like I've done some things on Big Footy. That's a footy forum of just getting all of the um, achievements as in um, AFL awards together and I thought um, I did that about a month or two ago and I thought it would just be good to put them all together on the website and I've got, I'm just working through it slowly so it will take me a, few, a bit of period of time but we will get there and it will be something for everyone to enjoy. Well I'll have to have a look through some of my old memorabilia. I was at the uh, inaugural uh, I guess the launch of the Gold Coast Suns where they unveiled their logo and jumper and everything. Uh, I'll have to have a look and see if I can find anything of that stuff and uh, I might send you through a picture if, if you think you can use it. Uh, but that's going to be in storage somewhere so I'll have to look hard for that. Um, all right, let's move on. What was your most memorable moment with the Gold Coast Suns? It's probably a different one to what people would say but I just love the community aspect of the football club. Like last year, we did 6,290 community hours, a record for the club. And being in a regional city on the Gold Coast, we're not in a, in a big capital city with multiple clubs like Sydney, Perth, Adelaide, even Melbourne with 10 clubs, I think. Um, so you've got that community aspect where you are the coast football team. And that's just been really good to be able to see, similar to Geelong down here in Victoria, 
for those who don't know, I'm a Victorian um, member. But I just love being able to see that um, progress. And even though it might not be as strong now, in 10, 15 years' time, it will be really strong as we become more successful. Yeah, the the community hours is always something that the Suns have worked hard in with uh, going to local schools and developing the game of AFL football in general. Whenever we've had uh, floods or natural disasters up here in Queensland, the Suns are one of the first teams to send their players uh, to assist and help out the local community. So you're right, it's it's a huge part of the club and what the club has sort of been trying to build its foundation and its base on. Um, now you were telling me off air about a a missionary trip you took over to the Philippines and the Suns were able to help out Uh, do you want to give us some information on that let the fans know last year I went to the Philippines with my school and we spent a week there just before COVID struck so we're lucky we did go but I sent an email to I was asked by the school to send an email to some people that may be able to help with donations. So I thought, you know what, I know the Gold Coast Suns have always been big on helping the community. I'll just chuck them an email and see how we go. So I chucked an email to the Suns and I got an email back that afternoon by the CEO, Mark Evans, and he was more than happy to help us out. He donated, they donated some footballers, some sunglasses and a few things to take over. And I just thought that was really good by the club, especially to get a, um, an email back that afternoon. But th- just the club's been great in general. Yeah, the club has been great. Uh, Mark Evans in particular, I have nothing but praise for that man. Uh, my early meetings with him was uh, full of amazement and wonder. And he, he treated treats you and understands what you're talking about. And he listens, just treats you with a lot of respect, um, even though he doesn't really know you. Um, he, he's driving that football club and the community uh, response that they get is just fantastic in return. Um, so were you were you teaching uh, some of the kids in the Philippines their AFL football? Was that something that ended up we, happening? We actually did. I'm a junior footy coach down here in Melbourne. Yep. So I had a bit of background in teaching footy. But... I went to teach them how to handball. They already knew how to handball, so they obviously had some Australian schools up there before, but they loved it, and they always had smiles on their face, and it was just a really good trip, a really good trip. Oh, that sounds great. I'm glad that the club were able to get involved and help out like that. It's um, a really pleasing thing as a fan to see your footy club uh, support the community, um, countless countless community things the Suns do I'm not going to list them all I probably can't remember them all but yeah it's a a great thing and I'm glad you brought that up it's something we haven't really had mentioned too much on the show Um, so what was your favourite Suns win? There are a lot even though we haven't been too successful there is still a lot of good wins because whenever we win they're special but Carlton I always love beating Carlton I don't really like him a lot, and especially after that Fremantle game last week, that gave me a sour taste in my mouth, and I want to beat him this Friday. But getting on with our favourite Suns win, 2012, we uh, we only got a couple of wins up that year, but we basically ended their finals hopes with that game, and Brett Radden actually ended up getting sacked after that uh, 12-point win I think we had. And even 2019, when we beat Carlton, Jack Bowes, last-minute goal, a thriller. I don't cry much, but I cried when he kicked that goal. I was so excited. 
Yeah. Um, it, it's going to be a interesting week. Uh, as we said earlier, the four days playing a rival such as Carlton, as you've said, we've had a bit of rivalry with them. And add Jack Martin add, to the fuel too. Yeah, add Jack Martin and Dewey. That whole went down with um, uh, Carlton basically refusing to play ball on it, and now it looks like they they've got a bit of a steal with Jack Martin. Um, fortunately for the Suns, I don't think Jack Martin's playing. I think I saw that he's been ruled out. Um, Ooh, that's good news for us, but we have to wait and see the deflection news on Thursday night. It does, and it doesn't really change the difference. We still want to beat Carlton because it was the club that uh, has wronged the Suns in the past. And, uh, yeah, just love giving it to Carlton supporters, to be honest. Um, All right, so your favourite player? I love the work with Sam Day. I've always loved him, and I was uh, shattered when he got injured a couple of years ago, but... He's just worked so hard, and I was looking at some stats this afternoon. He's leading the team with goal assists, with nine goal assists, and he's just a really good player. He might not be getting all the goals, but he just does his role, and that's what we want. That's what the coaching team wants too. Yeah, big fan of Sam Day myself. He's done well to make himself a mainstay of the forward line with King uh, at the moment and Peter Wright in the twos pushing. Uh, they've even found a way to fit in Corbett next to them. Uh, Corbett, we'll, I love too. We'll talk he about just Corbett. So hard up we'll, the talk, <laughs> we'll talk about Corbett during the match review because we've got a few good things to say about him. But um, yeah, fantastic! It's good to get to know what what your favourite parts have been with the Suns, and you've got a great story there with the the community. So um, fantastic! But let's get into the match review, and we've got a couple of games this week. Two uh, two games, one show, unfortunately. Um, Gold Coast Suns, 11 goals, 773. Tied with Essendon, 11 goals, 773. Now, this was back six days ago on the 12th of August. Um, a great birthday present for me, not. Um, you know, it's it's sort of a interesting feeling, a draw. How, how did you feel about the draw? I was left pretty flat. I didn't really know how to feel. Well... You can come away with a draw thinking you've lost it or you got away with that. And I think we probably got away with it at the end because Essendon hit the front twice and were able to come back. But when you're up for most of the game, you need to really win those matches. And we will touch on it a little bit later too. But I felt sour after that game. We really should have won that game. Yeah, we should have. Uh, Day kicked two goals, Weller two goals, and King two goals. Uh, our highest disposal getters was a three-way tie between Ellis, Greenwood, and Weller. Um, it, it, in comparison, I think their midfielders were high 20s. So we didn't really get enough of the ball. I think Essendon dominated disposals and um, uh, kicks and handballs. So it was really the Suns just being a little more accurate than what Essendon were. Uh, in the end, though, Essendon were able to get the points on the board uh, enough to draw level with a, a early, fast-starting Gold Coast Suns. Um, Flanders played his debut game. He had five tackles, which is pretty impressive. Uh, didn't get near to the goals, but we'll discuss that in the next game because he did actually get his first goal in the game against Richmond. 
23 pressure acts to Tuka Miller and Lockie Weller. So the pressure was there. Clearances, uh, Greenwood had eight. Um, Lockie Weller was regarded as the best on ground with the player ratings at 23. Bose had a season best 12.7 player ratings. Fiorini had a season best 8.4, but I don't know how much you can read into that considering he hasn't played too many games this year. Uh, Butterick had a career best game at 7.9 player ratings. And our worst for that game was Jared Harbrow with 2.7. Um, and we now know that Harbrow obviously didn't play in that Richmond game, but that was probably more of the fact that he's welcomed a baby boy into this world with his partner. Uh, so, you know what, 18 years time, we could have a, uh, have a baby, uh, Reef Harbrow as a father-son solution. We've got a few, um, in the father-son, father-daughter lists coming up, and that's another thing I'll include in my little, um, little Gold Coast Suns encyclopedia too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You've got to get that in there. Um, so, do you think we still need a draw? I've been thinking this since the draw and just... I don't think it's got a place in the game anymore. Now, I put the the message out on our Facebook and our Twitter and I got a surprising response back that most people want the draw to stay. But... I just don't understand where its place is in the game anymore. Now that we've removed draws from grand finals and from finals, um, that besides saying, all right, both teams can have two points, uh, it's sort of anticlimactic. And if we're all about getting um, fantastic games and great finishes, then we probably should be considering overtime or golden point or something. Well. There was the West Coast Port final a few years ago, and that ended up in a draw, and they went to extra time being a final. And everyone was just watching that game, wanting to know what was going to happen next. And it builds, brings, um, brings fans into watch the game and feel excited about the game. So I would be, I'm a bit of a traditionalist usually with football, being down in Victoria and all of the like, but I think we do probably need to progress as a code and probably remove the draw, even if it's just five minutes both sides, and if it's a draw after that, and then make it a draw. But I think we do need to look around and see what we can do to try and create a result, because you uh, play that game and you just want to know if you'll win or lose. Not a draw, you want to know if you win or lose. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think fans walk away feeling flat and deflated from the responses I got around the ground uh, on that Wednesday night. I would imagine the players aren't happy about that. They want to get back out there and keep playing until a result's finalised. Um, I honestly just don't see what purpose a draw has anymore. Now, I'm probably in the minority here, but you know, all these people saying that it's legacy, it's it's part of the game, it's it's you know history. Well, it probably needs to be history, just like so many other things of our great game have changed over the last 20, 30 years. I think the draw needs to be one of them to go. All right, well, let's move on. Um, the inability to put foot down and make the most of momentum is probably the only criticism I have from this game. Uh, we had so much going our way in the early half of that game and we weren't able to make the most of it. Um I think 
there are finally, I guess we need to touch on the Isaac Rankin issue. Do you feel like he made the right decision? I personally do. I think he did what he was instructed, rule out any chance of an Essendon win. Um, I think the execution just came off. It looked like he hooked that too much, maybe a little bit of a shank. Um, Because normally Isaac would get the distance to at least get it to the goal line. Trying, he was trying to add the distance on the kick, and that's probably why he did shank it a little bit. But I agree. I think he was instructed to just get it as close to the goal line as possible. Don't worry about accuracy because the players were um, planning to tap it through for a point because that's all we needed. But when you you know talk about him trying to find the kick close to the goal, but Essendon were flooding the back line. There was a high chance they were just going to uh, have a turnover, and we wouldn't have. We would have been. He would have been criticised for wasting a chance at goal anyway. So he can't really win. Yeah, the only thing I'm probably surprised about is he didn't go for a torpedo. Either he doesn't yeah, or, know how to pick kick them, or uh, he he felt like he had the distance without going for that. So I think maybe if he'd gone the torpedo, may have been a different result. But there were so many issues in that game, which could have had a different result. But um, Let's talk positives. Ben King, how good was that goal to, to put the Suns back level? Well, I have been a bit critical of Ben King, particularly with his marking, but he is only young. He's in his 26th game of footy, but he's just got so much agility when the ball hits the ground that he's able to still uh, go second, third efforts, and as you saw with that goal, that was a ripper. Yeah, just the mobility that this bloke has, who's 200 centimetres tall and can just duck and weave around people is genuinely amazing once King puts a bit of uh, strength and muscle in his arms uh, he's going to be near unstoppable in marking contests and have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes they're like insta confidence boosters the jeans come in a temp control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather and the t-shirts hands down they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn and get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores. At ground level as well. well uh, he is our number one forward, and he's only in his second year of football, so you need to keep that in mind too. But he's got a real bright future ahead, particularly, hopefully, on grand final day for the Gold Coast kicking a bag with six and winning us a flag. Yeah, definitely. Um, before we move on to the next game, I guess this is a good segue. How good is that Lockie Weller and Charlie Ballard uh, for pick two working out for us? I mean, Lockie Weller was best on ground in that game against Essendon. Charlie Ballard was pretty good and had an, a fantastic game in the game against Richmond. Um, it, it's looking like a bit of a masterstroke. Well, Charlie Ballard's playing his best season ever, and you could even argue Lockie Weller is too. A number of our boys are. But I always backed the club at the time, because at the time we weren't getting a lot of players wanting to come to the Gold Coast, and Lockie Weller wanted to come to the Gold Coast. He grew up on the coast, so I was confident in what the club was doing. They're not dumb. They're pretty smart um, operators. So, you know, I've just been really happy with how they progressed, and I always knew the club made the right choice but we just need to see a bit of evidence on the field and this year they are delivering it on the whole yeah I feel along the same lines when it was uh, 
mentioned on trade radio back in those days i was pretty much as soon as it was mentioned i thought all right that's going to happen we're probably going to have to give up uh pick two i don't really see any other way around it um because when it came down to it, Frio were going to play hardball and the Gold Coast had publicly come out and declared and they had to get the job done. Uh, considering what position the Suns were in at the time and any positive news was good news for the club. Um, let's move on to the Richmond game last night. Gold Coast Suns, 4 goals, 8, 32, defeated by Richmond, 8 goals, 5, 53. So the final scoreline of 21 points is probably a bit misleading because I felt like up until, yeah, probably up until halfway through that third quarter, that final quarter, I felt like the Suns had a real chance of winning this game. How did you see it? We needed to take our chances when we had them. You look, we had a few missed kicks at goal. Alice had one second quarter, I think, and Greenwood in the third. That If we slot them, it's a different ball game, but... Against Richmond, you just really need to take your chances, and unfortunately, we didn't. But as we'll probably discuss later, the difference in the day breaks did really hurt us, I think. We just ran out of legs in the last quarter. Yeah, um, we had some amazing performances by some of the Suns' young guns. Jack Lukosius, 27 disposals, 836 metres gain. You're a stats man, Linton. That's got to be some sort of record. I don't know if it's a record, but he played a brilliant game. He's got the best kick, I'm going to say it, the best kick in the comp. You know, trying to open up the ground, he can just kick it into the centre and we're off. And he's just been a... We, that, it shows how important getting games into players are. There was cause last year for him to get dropped and we persisted with him and now we've seen dividends with him performing strongly. Yeah, uh, at half-time, the commentators mentioned that he I think he was on around 450 metres gained, and that was a record for half-time. Um, I don't know whether this final metres gained is a record for a game, but it was a fantastic effort from Lukosius. We saw him really come into his element as a rebounding half-back that can use the ball really well. Uh in the same conversation, we can have Noah Anderson, who had 26 disposals, six score involvements. He was our, our most dominant number one midfielder last night, and he's only in his first season of footy. He's played about 10 games, 12 games now. So fantastic effort from him as well. What did you think of our, our young midfield? It's going to be something that we're going to be really proud of in the future, and I think with Anderson, but coming in with Rao, Rao just took all the spotlight and he's really flown under the radar. And you've got a rising star coming up at the end of the year and he must be in the conversation. And with it being most likely hosted on the Gold Coast, how fitting would it be for a rising star winner to be crowned for the Gold Coast Suns on the Gold Coast? Yeah, that would be pretty fitting. It would be a dream come true for Suns fans, I would think. Um Basically, our best for this game were our young stars. Add but Charlie Ballard in there. Add um, Will Powell, who had a fantastic game. I thought Flanders did all right. He's starting to have an impact. He kicked a great little goal after milking a free kick. Um, and Corbett playing his second game. I love the way that he's providing that link-up kick. We've always struggled going into our forward 50. 
because we usually send one of our key forwards up the line to, to, to draw the ball and uh, try and get a mark. But with Corbett playing that role, it allows King and Day to stay forward, providing more targets in the forward line. We haven't been able to hit them, but it's only a matter of time until we are able to then turn around and deliver to these forwards, lace out, and give them a real shot at uh, kicking a winning score. Corbett's one of your favourites, isn't he? Well, I've always loved the way he goes about his footy. I was up in the Gold Coast last year for his debut against Brisbane, if I'm correct. And, you know, he just he kicked a couple of goals then, and he's just always been a good player, I feel. A bit underrated too. Took over from the old skipper, which we'll probably talk about later, um, Tom Lynch's number. And I would even say maybe not at the moment, but he could potentially be a better find for us than what Tom Lynch was. Yeah, quite possibly. He reminds me of the Tom Lynch from Adelaide just playing that uh, running, roaming, half-forward wing sort of role. Um, Another player that came into the side last night, which uh, was interesting, was Caleb Graham. Now, he did enough good things, nothing spectacular, but I think what it actually highlights is what our side could look like when Rory Thompson comes back. So if Graham was playing the role Thompson would be, uh, I think that would allow us to have what we saw last night with Lukosius and Ballard being free to uh, peel off, intercept, and get the ball moving as quickly as possible. Well, I was impressed with Graham. I probably underestimated him a little bit coming into the game. But, you know, with with our back line, we were so good at being able to um, get the intercepts and... He, he played a pretty solid game too. He probably will come out for Harvard this week, maybe. It just depends on how the section team um, aims, uh, aims the Carlton game. But I thought he did pretty well. And he's only in his fifth game again. We've got a lot of players that haven't played a lot of footy and he's probably going to help us in the long run when they have 50 games under their belt, 100 games under their belt. It will be a promising sign. Yeah, it will. It will, seeing these these players come along. But it begs the question of man management. Like, we saw in that last quarter just how many of our players were physically exhausted. They weren't able to get to the contest or apply pressure. We had an elite-level pressure rating for three quarters of that game, and that final quarter, the players look, looked absolutely exhausted, and the pressure dropped way down, allowing Richmond to to easily get in front. Um, So my criticism is of the club for the way they manage their players. Um, We shouldn't be having players exhausted at three-quarter time in a a game which is 20% shorter than what it usually is with the shorter quarters. Um, Yes, the AFL shouldn't have probably scheduled a nine-day break side like Richmond up against a five-day break side like the Suns and then scheduled the Suns for a four-day game in, with, in four days' time against Carlton. But the club was aware of what was coming, and they persisted on playing the same players 90% of the time. There was, I think, an average of two changes a game. Uh, I feel like that probably needed to be up to around three or four I can I can see where the coaching club and uh, coaching coaching teams try and do. They want to try and 
retain that consistency amongst the squad. But when you do have this condensed fixture, you do need to look at it a bit strategic about um, getting your players managed well. As you said, we've seen Swallow and Harborough out-managed, but a few others, particularly the young guns, we probably do need to manage it a little bit more. But when you do play that high-pressure game, you are going to wear out quickly. But as, I, as you said, we do probably need to manage the load a little bit more. Yeah, so we expect to have Harbrow back for this game against Carlton because it is the Indigenous round and he's the spiritual leader of the football club, Jared Harbrow, um, leader of the Indigenous kids coming through. Um, Isaac Rankin looked pretty gassed at the end of that that last game. Um, we saw several moments where he wasn't able to, to get to the ball and made a couple of poor mistakes. You would think it would be a good time to give him a rest, but again, being Indigenous round, I think he's going to be up for the challenge of getting out there and showing what he's got on on the big stage in Darwin. Um, So I'm not really sure. I think the clubs put themselves in this sort of hole and they're just going to have to keep going down this path because I don't think they can turn around now. They've committed to... They've committed to having the same blokes playing to get the consistency and if they were to turn around on that now without good reason it it's probably just cancels everything out voids it all out um the final criticism of the game is an ex gold coast suns player tom lynch since he's left left the gold coast suns it seems like he's turned into a bit of a dirty flog um i guess that's something richmond teach but uh, I wasn't impressed with the way he went about about facing his old side. Uh, the, the, he's been charged a total of $2,000 for striking two players, Jared Witts and Sam Collins. And um, Caleb Graham was also charged $750 for striking uh, Mabior Chol, I think it's called. Um, so... Yeah, a lot of aggression with Tom Lynch, and I don't think that suits him. And uh, I guess the positive to come out of it is seeing Sam Collins after the game. Did you see him in the change rooms? That was incredible. It probably explains what I was like after the draw. I went off at myself, really. But um, I was so annoyed that we lost that, that we drew that game. But um, yeah, Tom Lynch. He was supposed to be a leader at our footy club and he did do a little bit of those gut punches when he was at the Suns too. So that probably went a bit unnoticed, but he just always gets himself in this, these positions. Even against Brisbane a couple of weeks ago, he got away with a fine. But what I do find interesting, even Jake Arts, he went and gave another um, punch into Collins after the first, the initial um, punch by Lynch and he got away with nothing. But yeah, it's not a good thing to be like I've coached junior footy and we don't want to be seeing that on the footy field not at all no you mentioned Arts and his second punch on uh, Collins and that's gone largely unnoticed Uh, the first punch that Lynch threw was obviously the more visible one but Collins was still able to chase after his man but it wasn't until Arts ran past and must have got him in the exact same spot uh, because it was a very subtle punch um but it's, it made Collins drop to his knees. Um, so I think that's gone a bit under the radar. And maybe I Arts can't wait till we play Richmond again. 
it's going to be very interesting. The way uh, Sam Collins was acting in the change rooms after the game, the anger that was exuding from him was unbelievable. I, I caught glimpses, glimpses of it on in the game when he was wrestling with Lynch, and I thought, he really wants to punch this bloke out. And uh, his reaction in the change rooms afterwards just assured me that I was correct with my thinking because he almost... He, he almost broke his hand punching a uh, punching the concrete pillar at the Gabba. And, it's probably uh, credit to Collins too. He could have gone off and got himself a week or two by um, reacting to him, but he held it in and went and unleashed in the room. So it shows the leadership he's got. It does. Um, just, yeah, the the leadership that he's got, the passion that he's got for the club and the the passion he's got to to win the contest and not not be uh, outdone and i feel like that's what we can learn from this sam collins is an absolute leader of the football club and just he's going to be better than any of the the other expats that the sons have lost to richmond or melbourne or any other team uh he he genuinely is there to play football and play it fairly uh very impressed with sam collins um, all right, well, let's move on to some news. There's been a lot of AFLW news. Taylor Thorne, Georgia Brewer, and Katara Wap-Farrar. Lexi Hamilton joins Maddie Roberts in not being offered a contract for 2021. And after last week's guest, Eliza Riley said there were no trades. It turns out a trade went down. Taylor Smith was traded to Brisbane for picks. Charlotte Hermans was traded to Carlton for picks. And pick 24 was traded to St Kilda for Ali Drennan. So, Ali Drennan, welcome to the Gold Coast Suns. We mentioned earlier that Jared Harbrow gave birth and his partner had a baby boy, Reef Harbrow. And the academy side had a good win against Brisbane in the second of the academy games. So, things are all happening for the Suns. Oh, and I've also got some news that... Um, We've we've had a bunch of AFLW re-signings. Um, too many names here for me to rattle off, but the important ones: Prajelli and uh, Kalinda Howarth, among those names that have been re-signed for next season. So it's going to be exciting. Going to be really exciting. It is. Looking forward to the AFLW kicking off again next year, and uh, also. As we record this on the 18th of August, it is Stuart Jew's birthday. So the big man is, uh, I think they said he was 41. Yep, 41. So, so he's only young as a coach. He he is. And damn it, he's only seven years older than me. I feel old now. But uh, no, Stuart Jew, he's, he's doing the good stuff. He, he's um, reuniting the sons, bringing people together. And uh, just the you see the way Matt Rowell was on the um, the bench uh, with the coach's headsets on, and just the way Stuart Jew looks at Matt Rowell, it's that he looks at him with respect. So obviously Matt Rowell is uh, just as good off the field as he is on it, and uh, he's even got the respect of his coach Stuart Jew to just pick his brains and uh, just be amazed at the footy knowledge that Matt Rowe hat brings to the Imagine table. how he's going to be next year with all this coaching under his belt this year. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to see Matt Rowe take to the field in Gold Coast Suns colours yet again. 
All right, well, with that done, I think we've only got a few minutes left, uh, about five minutes. So let's go over the crystal ball, the fixture finale for the rest of this season. This week, we have Carlton on the Friday night uh, up in Darwin. Um, hopefully, the Suns can get the win there, but off the four-day break, i got to say I'm a little sceptical. I think we are a more realistic chance at our... Next game, the following weekend, it's a Sunday, 6.10pm uh, start at Metricon against North Melbourne. So that will be a great game. Last home game for the season, so hopefully we get quite a few Gold Coast members and fans that can attend up there. Yeah, definitely. That's one I've penciled in to, to try and get get to because uh, I'm not great at going to Gabba games, especially when they're midweek, which is what I think a few of these games are. We've got after the, the North game, the Suns have a bye. Then they play Brisbane up at the Gabba, Collingwood up at the Gabba and Hawthorne away. Now, I believe... I believe that Brisbane Hawthorne... game's going to be a ripper Q clash, the biggest Q clash ever. I'm saying it, and it's a shame it's not on free to air down here. But we've got Foxtel; we'll be able to watch it. But it would be great to see, just to highlight Queensland footy how far it's coming. Twenty twenty. I do, do believe it's in a really weird time slot as well. I think it's a Wednesday night. If it I'm is correct. a Wednesday. Yeah, I, I would have thought having a, a Q clash on a Queensland friendly time slot so that we can get as many Queensland fans to those games. It would have been a no-brainer, but obviously not. Obviously, they don't feel it's worth it, whether that's because the capacity is only going to be about 25 or 50%. Um, they've made the decision to go midweek, um, but it will be something interesting to watch. It's kind of like State of Origin, I guess. State of Origin is always on a, a Wednesday night for the NRL up here in Queensland, and it's always a big event. People spend their whole Wednesday looking forward to it and then Thursday talking about it. So I guess the Suns are maybe looking at filling in that slot with Brisbane. Um, well, hopefully we get our best 22 up for that game, seeing what the bye beforehand. Yeah, I'm hopeful that it will be more of a case of the way we came out against West Coast in round two mm. than the way we or came out against... Order. I was going to say well, the way that we come out against uh, the Giants in um, round nine, I think it was, because the the longer break didn't work for us when we played the Giants. Uh, after that, we've got Collingwood at the Gabba. Again, the way Collingwood's playing, who knows? Um, if they're still suffering from injuries, then we are a very good shot at getting that. Um, and the final game of the season is Hawthorne away. They haven't listed a venue, I don't That's probably think. going to be Adelaide Oval with the news today that Tasmania have shot their borders till the end of January, uh, November. So probably be at the Adelaide Oval. We haven't won at the Adelaide Oval before, so a chance to get up our first win there. Yeah, probably. Uh, with Hawthorne uh, basing themselves in the Barossa Valley in Adelaide, the Adelaide Oval makes sense. And it would be an interesting game. Again, a very winnable game for the Suns. Hawthorne's just lost their one of their best players now in Sicily for 12 months. So they are a very vulnerable side at the moment. Well, that probably does us for this week's episode. Thanks for joining me, Linton. 
And it's been a pleasure to be part of the episode, Shane. No worries. We hope to get you back on the episode uh, in future and find out how you're going along with this Suns database. Uh, a lot of Suns fans would be very interested in seeing how this goes. Yeah, we'll just keep progressing on it. It will take a bit of time, but we'll get there. All right, fantastic. Thanks for joining me. Go Suns. Go Suns. If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com.